welcome to the second season of People's Jam. For the first timers, my name is Aziri, a girl that likes to ask questions. Season 2 will be different. It is all about students, their struggles and choices, university life and afterwards. So if you're interested, thank you for joining and stay tuned. My guest for this episode is Ayana. She studies journalism and has an incredible energy and we had a talk about journalism in Kazakhstan and overall why did she decide to study this degree so welcome to our conversation so could you please introduce yourself to someone who listens to this episode hi everyone my name is Ayana I've recently turned 20 um should I like talk about myself or yeah about yourself what you study where do you live Okay, so um, I'm from Astana, Kazakhstan. I study journalism at the City University of London. And currently I'm taking a gap year due to the coronavirus and just in general to figure out what I want to do with my life. And um, I'm working as a press secretary right now and also writing, occasionally writing articles for an online publication called The Step. And I have an Instagram blog that um, I try to... I uh, fill out with stories about my life and interview my friends and just have fun with it. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Oh, and you know, I know you already for several years, but I still don't know the reason why you decided to be a journalist. Well, um, as a kid, I wanted to do a lot of things. And my parents, they always used to take me to like different... Uh, different stuff like I used to study pottery for some time I used to go to some drawing classes dancing classes I used to want to be a singer so at some point I went to a journalism class uh, by a well-known journalist here in Kazakhstan her name is Mahabat Isen and uh, she was the one who mentored me we had she had around three students who were her very like first class and now she has a huge school of journalists and it's a, like a big thing here in Kazakhstan. But yeah, I think that's how I decided to become one. And I just thought that it like combines all of my interests of writing and making videos and also hosting sometimes. So I thought that would be the safest and the most fun choice. <laughs> and it's definitely an interesting and exciting job. What like does excite you the most? Um, I think the fact that you always have to multitask, so, or multitask, whatever, I don't know if I spelled that right. <laughs> um, you always have to learn. Um, when I, I think what drives me through throughout life and like drive, gives me the kind of energy that I want to have is always learning, is always studying new things. And when you're a journalist, you can't just um, stop learning at some point. You always have to improve. And you always have to learn something. You have to talk to different people. And I'm more of a, like an introverted person. And because of my profession, I have to like put myself out there and actually uh, try to talk to people and try to engage with, <laughs> with the society, <laughs> if that makes sense. And yeah, um, it makes me go out of my comfort zone. And that's what I like about it the most. Yeah, so you challenge yourself on like everyday basis. I guess so. I mean, that would be a bit of a stretch because not every day is a challenge. But sometimes you have to, yeah. Sometimes you have to um, do something completely different just for the sake of a good article or a good reportage or whatever you're doing. 
And how do you find this uh, profession evolving back in Kazakhstan? What is like? Well, um, there are obviously a few problems about um, journalism in Kazakhstan, one of which is censorship, but I don't want to go get in there. Yeah, I'm definitely not. Just overall, how is like, because you said you're working for STEP and it's an amazing platform. Thank you. I mean, I'm not working, but just occasionally write articles for them. But uh, my most of my work now is connected to politics recently. But as I said, I signed an NDA, so I can't really share about it. But anyways, <laughs> I think in Kazakhstan, in the, in the past few years, actually, journalism has developed quite a lot. And that is um, thanks to the internet. Because um, there's this, like, there was this huge flow of audience who, in the age range of like millennials and Generation Z, who are interested in something new, who want to learn, and there's a lack of quality. And there was a lack of quality journalism in Kazakhstan. And when these online publications started um, becoming huge, I think that just changed the whole perception of what is. Um, the media in Kazakhstan and even the traditional traditional broadcasting studios like um, for example 24KZ or Khabar or anything else or like the Kaz Media where I also had an internship like two or three years ago they're trying now to be more modern they're trying to go in with the trends uh, for example they are creating podcasts they have online um, they have like huge social media management teams and they're really trying to go with the flow and like go with the trends you know so yeah i think that the like the development of the internet really helped um really helped journalism to grow into something bigger and into something cooler than it ever was before in kazakhstan yeah. let's say because i do remember my like grandmother she used to sign up for that like because they come some old truth like the newspaper was coming but in Without it, like there was nothing else. So what would you suggest now? What kind of online platforms are there except step to read? Oh, there are so many. And uh, so many have opened this year. For example, Masa or Masa. I don't know how to pronounce it right in the correct way. But uh, that's a political publication. It was, um, I think, yeah, they started uh, writing articles about a few months ago and uh, you can check them out uh, village village is amazing uh, what else uh, bureau forbes esquire gosh there are so many and the uh, whole news that's a huge one everyone knows about it um i'm not gonna get into the tank because i'm not quite a fan of them but i still think that um as a whole, our country is in its developing stage, and I think journalism, uh, and I think our journalism for uh, the journalism of a developing country is going quite good, and it's going quite well. Obviously, the style is a bit different, for example, um, compared to what I studied in the UK, even the style of writing articles. Um, it, here, it mostly, it's mostly inspired by the Russian publications and uh, their style. And I'm not saying necessarily that the journalism in the West is worse than the journalism in, um, or, or like best or worse in Russia. It, I'm just saying that it's a little different, that's all. They all have their own specifics and style, like one is more factual, the other is more poetic and like um, kind of a book-like, kind of more descriptive. 
and mm -hmm. personal, you know. So yeah, we have we have uh, room to grow, and there's a lot of potential there. And honestly, I I don't think I, I was ever this sure about choosing this profession than right now. Oh, that's really nice. Because would you agree that journalists are the seeker for the truth, and they are the one who wants to show? <laughs> the reality like of the world and um it's a really interesting profession and where do you what do you want to write about do you want to continue to write about politics or something else well i'm not writing about politics currently i'm just uh, i'm more of like a pr manager of someone who's in politics and um well i don't know it really, it really depends on what you're writing about. You know, the journalist, it doesn't, he, like he or she, they don't always have to be as the seeker of truth. I think they just help people to look at the world in a different way. Uh, but obviously, there's also a problem of um, not really censorship, but I think some publications are more picky about what they publish than the others. And that makes their audience a little more close-minded because they don't know the other side of the problem or the issue. Um, so if we had maybe, so like for example, the fact-checking, uh, the fact-checking um, fact-checking platform in Kazakhstan. I think that's a great example. They always post something, um, they always post the both sides. So they never, um, they never lean to the one side of the political party or the, um, like, they're not necessarily oppositional or supporting the government. They just show the truth to the people. And I think that's what's great about them. So, I mean, yeah, of course, you always have to keep the moral ground. And we as journalists, we have like ethical rules. We can't break some of them. I mean, we can, but then we wouldn't be a real journalist. Yeah. Um, I, would, I want to get to the investigative journalism maybe a little later, because right now I don't think I have um, enough proficiency or enough experience in journalism, but I think, um, Society right now, it really lacks the, the greatest minds of investigative journalism, like Bob Woodward, for example, mm -hmm. who, was, um, who, was, who is an amazing journalist, he's still alive. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what I mean. Uh, we just need more professionals. And right now, working as a journalist and just in general as a specialist in media in Kazakhstan, I can assure you that there is a lack of there is a lack of really talented people and there is a lack of people who want to do something, who want to change something and who have something to offer. Mm -hmm. So you say they are in the minority who wants to change, who wants to do something and want to show a better version and change, I mean, Kazakhstan especially. Yeah, because... Um... Well, there are a lot of sides to it. Like you could say that maybe it's because journalism doesn't pay as well as being, for example, I don't know, like an accountant or something. Yeah. So for example, if a really talented journalist, they, they might have some financial frames. For example, they can't really, they want to get into journalism. They want to write amazing articles, but then they don't have the uh, financial freedom that they might want to have if they want to uh, provide themselves with some like basic necessities. So that's also the problem. But um, at the same time, there are also a lot of people who maybe go into the profession not really knowing what they're going into. 
and that's a different issue with the education in Kazakhstan. But like, let's not get into that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, there are many different aspects to this problem, definitely. So, you were talking about the financial situation, like if you're going to be a journalist. So, h- how much money like does a journalist earn? Um, I think it's a common misconception that journalism doesn't get paid well. Um, it does. If you are, I mean, if anything, if you're good at anything, you obviously make a lot of money if you want to and if you work hard, even if you're like, I don't know, I can't even draw an example of like a bad profession. Every profession is necessary. Every profession is great. But you know, like your parents always say to you, they always say to their children, like, oh my God, you shouldn't be like an artist or a photographer or a journalist or a writer because you'll obviously be broke and you, you, you don't have the talent. You don't cut, you don't cut it. And I think you cut it, especially right now. Like you can just open your own uh, magazine if you <laughs> if you really have the guts to do something. Why not? You should just try. And if you want to feel financially safe, you can, um, for example, freelance as um, you can learn something else. Like right now, I'm learning Python, for example, not for financial reasons. I'm just interested. But just in general, you can learn Python. You can code in the office, and then in your free time, you can write articles and do something for journalism and do something that you're passionate about. And if we really want to talk about rich journalists, for example, um, Ivan Organt or Oprah, everyone knows about Oprah and she's like one of the richest women in, um, in the US. So what is there to talk about? Or Ellen, I'm not really a fan of Ellen, but still, she is rich, let's be honest about it. Yes. Oh God, definitely. I still do remember her like Twitter during the quarantine and I'm like, oh yes, she, I mean, Ellen, obviously. And I totally agree with you. If you have passion and then you know how to do your certain job, you're definitely going to be financially stable. Even if you study things like business and I mean, if you study something just to make money of it, but you're not passionate about it, you'll always be broke. Yeah. Like I know a few people who studied like business or economics and now, and right now they can't even find a job or they can't uh, make enough money because they're just, they don't like what they're doing and it shows. So you shouldn't go into something just because it's profitable or because it's going to be huge soon. Because you're like someone who's passionate about it and knows it better is obviously going to take the place that you want, not you. And you should keep that in mind when you choose your future profession. That's an amazing advice. Uh, and I think I uh, interviewed, I mean, already quite a lot of people for myself and uh, everyone gives that advice. Do what makes, do what you love basically. And then you're yeah. going to be happy. So are there any specific skills or qualities that journalists need to have prior doing like writing articles or reporting on something? Well, during my bachelor's in city, I've met two different types of people who are successful in journalism. Uh, there are those who studied for journalism and they worked on their skill for some time and now they're like well-paid professionals. And then there are those who studied for a completely different profession and then they just started working as a journalist and uh, they're also successful. It, it depends on your own, again, it depends on your passion. Like if you really want to do it, if you are studying, for example, philosophy and it's point you just love reading articles and you're like hey I might want to do this I might want to write some articles this is so great and then you can just 
start doing it. And as you go, as you start working with it, you, you'll get some help. You can get help from your friends with editing. You can get help from the editor of the publication and you'll learn something new and eventually you'll go with the flow and learn something from it. The only reason I chose the bachelor's in journalism was because I really like that it's practical and we're, we've learned a lot of practical skills. So it wasn't even like, um, it wasn't even like studying, it was more like um, gaining experience, like work experience in journalism. That's mm-hmm. why I And are you regretting taking gap year or you're really happy about this decision? Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a little controversial, really. Um, I'm just like, professionally speaking, I think it's great because I'm learning so much and I think I'm finally figuring out what I'm good at and what I'm bad at and what, like, which things I should improve. But um, just speaking emotionally and mentally, I'm not really in my best place. (laughs) Most of my friends are back in the UK and they're studying and they obviously don't really have time or maybe they're busy or they just don't want to (laughs) talk. Yeah, I'm feeling a little a little lost in work and a little lonely so that's the bad thing about it and also being at home after being independent for like four or five years it's challenging as well because your parents always pressure you and the fact that you're at home um, gives them the need to like tell you the things that you need to do and when you're already like you're not used to that kind of um, the kind of attention you it creates some conflict let's put it that way mm-hmm yeah and if you ever feel lonely you have my contact details instagram just text me i'm happy to talk about literally don't worry and yes parents can be hard sometimes (laughs) yeah i mean let's do that and also quarantine i mean quarantine has really put us in a position that when you really really feel like you're you're just not connected to the world and everyone is so Detached from each other, if that makes sense, because no one's yeah. going out. I don't know. Yeah. People don't That's even smile on the streets. You walk, I and mean, everyone is with such a great faces, and you're like, oh, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a little grim right now. The, the financial situation and uh, the economy and the, pandem- the pandemic. It, <laughs> it's just it's everything really- all together. <laughs> yeah. We're just we're struggling, but you know, um, I like to put it that way that when there's the when there's dark time, there's always the bright time. Yeah, the good times are coming. That's that's the good side of it, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. When there is a darkness, there's going to be sunshine somewhere. Yeah, you put it better than I did. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just leaving by all these like mantras and stuff. Uh, so just. Because I always see, like you said, you're studying Python. So how do you have all that energy to study something new every day? Not, okay, not every day, but just studying something new. Um, <laughs> I never have energy every day. Sometimes when I wake up to work and I'm just like, I just, I can't go right now. I, I really don't want to go. But I push myself and I say, well what's the point of just waking up and doing nothing because obviously life passes by very quickly and I'm not saying this to make people anxious about it I'm anxious about it as well I'm not saying like oh my god we're gonna die one day (laughs) like there's nothing bad about it I just uh 
you have to you have to do something to fill your time with um with something interesting i don't know i can't really put it into words i think learning as i said earlier learning something yeah drives me to um it, it gives me inspiration so for example if i wouldn't be learning anything i would just um stagnate into this person who doesn't have any ideas and my main i wouldn't say strength but what makes me me is having um this flow of ideas and a lot of things i want to create and even if i can't create them i try to give ideas to other people just so um the world would become a better place <laughs> and i think my i think my parents raised me in such a way and i'm thankful to them as well because as a child i was never i never had free time like i literally never had free time i was always like first i wake up i go to school after school i go to the gym and then i go to this class and that class and then i do my homework and i think as an adult right now i'm trying to fill my free time with the exact same um type of approach yeah mm -hmm. but don't think that i don't procrastinate i procrastinate a lot i watch a lot of tiktoks and sometimes when they have particularly bad or sad days i can spend like 14 hours on social media and i'm absolutely guilty for that but i don't feel bad for it so that's you know. good <laughs> you're an absolute ray of sunshine honestly an absolute ray of sunshine and it's so nice talking to you because you have such a good energy and you're always like even back in catholic society i need to tell you that oh my god like you've been like such an inspiration i would say definitely because you've always been trying yes yeah, something new you've been always like hey guys like um send of attention it's, and it's really nice and honestly don't ever feel sad and as you said we all procrastinate we have bad and good days so I mean, you're, I mean, you're an amazing person too. I, I read your posts on Instagram and every time oh I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is deep, man. This is deep. I'm this is deep. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I don't know how about you, but do you think like having a lot of followers on Instagram actually matters like nowadays? Oh, I can actually give you an elaborate argument on that. Uh, I think, yeah, a lot of people are obsessed with this idea of having a certain number of following in their on their accounts. And really, it doesn't matter because during quarantine, I've um, completed a lot of um, courses in social media management and targeting and all things uh, social media, if that makes sense. So, um, and what the people that are proficient in that um, in that sphere said that it actually doesn't matter if you have a lot of followers because if you have great engagement rates and if your audience is passionate about what you're doing and they're interested and they're actually willing to buy your product or just support your ideas and then generally just be there for you, you always have um, not really money, but you always have the kind of um, it's a loyal, kind of, loyal followers. Loyal right? customers, yeah, yeah, loyal followers. Um, so yeah, you can have. I think the the kind of average following you an Instagram influencer or a blogger should have is maybe around 10k or 20k. But if you want to go further, like maybe 200, 300k. But um, if you're really aiming for the 1 million, 2 million, um, a lot of people who reach that number, they actually get 
burned out because they don't know what to talk about anymore and they don't know if um, they should really advertise something because people they lose the trust they would have when you had less followers uh, because they feel like they're not a part of your life they just feel like they're part of this kind of project or image you've created for them so it's the same like for example when you advertise something on tv it doesn't feel um the same personal way when something is advertised by your favorite influencer or blogger so yeah i mean it's great to have a lot of followers if you have them i'm not saying like oh my god you should go and cry that you have a million followers like that's great too but every stage of growing your audience is great because first you have this small cute audience of like let's say like five six hundred followers and it's so much more personal it's like it's like that you have some new friends and um they are engaged in what you're doing and they're interested and then as the more it grows it has its own pros and cons like um if you have a lot of followers you obviously i guess make more money and if but you will have less engagement with your followers like you it won't be as personal as it was before and mm -hmm. i think you would detach from them as well because you wouldn't have time uh for each and one of them and you wouldn't have time to talk to them and you wouldn't have time to influence their lives and um like this micro managing kind of way <laughs> so yeah you should just go with the flow and enjoy every stage as it goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that means, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really ranting about it. It's just I, I really I was really anxious about it um, at some point at some stage of my life, like two or three years ago. I used to question my art a lot when I was a YouTuber. Um, I used to question um, these things a lot, and right now I'm in this kind of peaceful place, and I really love it. That I'm not anxious about. Like if I will, if I will get like less likes on one of my posts, I won't go and be sad about it. I'll just be like, well, whatever. I guess it didn't work out. I'll just go and do the other thing. It's okay. That's good, cause yeah, I know. Like I also heard like stories of people who are like been posting and posting, and they've been like looking anxiously, like oh god, like the engagement wasn't much and everything. But I think you are right. Like having that loyal follower base that you can like have like a small family is most amazing like sacred thing yeah and there's also such thing it's a new term i think it's i don't know how it's called in english but it's something like echo blogging so it's not really overwhelming your followers for the sake of the engagement with the content so you know how some of the instagram for example influencers they try to post as much as they can they try to be like all over the place yeah. and then we really as a viewer i'm feeling overwhelmed because i'm like jesus how are you just doing all of this in one day like are you human or uh, who are you <laughs> and then uh and then when you have some person who only like doesn't post much but they're honest about what they're doing and they're honest about mm, blogging has changed a lot and it's a very rapid changing um rapid changing business because there is so much happening on the internet, there are so many ideas, and there are always, every day there are new people coming to the internet and they're always looking for someone to watch. And you should be more conscious, no, not really conscious, you should just um, do what you like and you should do it the way you wanna do. And you shouldn't push yourself, you shouldn't always push yourself to create this like kind of amazing stunning content that will flip your audience um, over every time you post something.
because mm-hmm. people get tired of that and they'll probably be like oh my god i'm just i don't know what i want to do with my life anymore this person is so amazing and great like <laughs> am i doing something right maybe i should just unfollow because this person is making me anxious yeah no i agree there's so many like other like as you said influencer bloggers that you look at it and you're like god like they're doing so much and i'm i'm doing so little and like starting comparing to yourself and it's so unhealthy to do that and i think being as like conscious and being acknowledgement that about what you can do this like i think what people should do but yeah and thank you so much for coming you- yeah thank you for interviewing me <laughs> Yeah, just thank you for like having such talk and I wish you all the best. Don't be anxious. 